Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective. Presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And today we're going to be reviewing, I believe, what is the first book in Year of the Hunter. Um, one of the first books to come out in 95, The Inquisition. Um, now, way, way, way back when, we did a review of The Hunters Hunted, and it sort of vaguely details all the different groups of hunters, the Inquisition, the Arcanum, the federal government. Um, Those are the non-backed hunters. That's what that book was. Right. And, and this goes into really great detail about one specific group of hunters the Inquisition. Um, before we get started, though, I feel like we've kind of been a little shaky in our our duties. I feel like we should give a shout out to all our patrons, and it is required. Um, so I'm just going to go down the list here. If you hear your name, thank you. Pat yourself on the back. We really appreciate your support, and we appreciate all the kind words that you have for us. Uh, Christopher Wong, thank you. Uh, Michael Bubba Snap. Oh, and also, I apologize ahead of time if I mess any of these names up. I'm doing my best. Um, Stephane Bernard Brousseau, one of our newest uh, uh, patrons. Sean Johnson, Ryan Heffley, Blake Howard, Dominic Martino, John Sprang, Joel Morgan, Phil Lazari. Hey, Phil. John Marsalis, Austin Ricketts, James Story, Heinrich Hoffman, John Feltz, Alexander Gene Popham. Uh, Kelly Jacobson, Greg Collins, Havard or Howard, and I, I can't, you you already know your last name. I'm not going to butcher it because <laughs> you, you know I'll butcher it, um, but you know who you are. Thank you very much. Rachel Hoffman, Joseph West, Brett Armstrong, Daniel Shorman, Will Crosswhite, Schnubel, uh, Jeff Mosgaller, Chad at Dead Game Society, Ryan Brown, William West, Larry Hott, Mel Pathalia. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but again, you know who you are. Thank you very much for your support. Rafe Gall, Sebastian Lindbergh, and finally, Anti Markula. Thank you guys very much. We really appreciate your support. For those of you, and it's most of you who are playing our Curse of Cain game, awesome. Thanks for participating. Um, anyways, you guys are patrons. You earned your shout out. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, getting on to the book first impressions of the inquisition i'll just share mine uh this book has a ton of information in it a butt ton of information there there is a it's layers upon layers upon layers and we start like we do with most books with the introduction there's no fictional story or anything like that like you'd find in a clan book it's just a general introduction into what the inquisition is and uh with that you know we we ex we discover we explore the theme of the inquisition and you're a crusader essentially when you when you put it that way uh, no i myself you are but you aren't i mean the inquisition itself and they get into its foundings in depth and, and to that <laughs> i actually recommend we're not going to go that in depth but i i would read to identify that because they right. weren't founded to hunt the supernatural that wasn't their goal that wasn't initially how they started they became they added two right. as it went along. So when you think of Crusader, it's more or less think of a zealot, right? That's everybody's mind of a Crusader is that knight with a sword charging forward in the name of Christ. That's a fragment of what this this these group these people are. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're it's a vast game in itself historically, as well as adding vampires to it, which makes it pretty incredible with how they stayed on top of it. And a, and a key note when you read this book. It's going to come across as a dry read like you're reading a history book because a lot of it's already been written in terms of history. Right. And it'll get confusing because if you know history, you're like, wait a minute, it happened. That wasn't there, but yet I know this famous person. Newsflash, it's a game. <laughs> right. It's, it's going to happen a lot. That, that's the one thing that I think is really necessary to establish that it is a game that's written with a historical backdrop, but it's fictional. It takes place in the world of darkness. So it's not an exact mirror of our world. And I think that's one thing that people lose sight of, especially when they read like city books and things of that nature. You know, they go, oh, well, that, that's not, that couldn't be there. That's not there. That, that couldn't have happened. But it's, it's a reflection of our world. It's inspired from the events of our world. 
It's inspired from things that have happened, but it's written to coincide with their overall idea of, of the world, of the world of darkness. Everybody Loves Movies is a thing of reference to, to watch and understand. So if you're looking for inspiration about the, the hunters here, um, I would say for the Inquisitors, you're looking for John Carpenter's vampires. Those guys are actual vampire hunters almost straight out of this book, especially when we get to the section about the Condottieri, uh, which are the basically their mercs hired by the church to do whatever the church asked them to. Definitely in that movie with a priest who is hunting down vampires. Right. With a guy who is one of the best with them, who I would say is every step of the gladiest day that we get into. The other one is, for the one that we did previously, the first Hunter book, go look up the Lost Boys. It's the Frog Brothers. That's the difference. These guys are professionals with backing in the Inquisition over today. The one before, that eh, was the Frog Brothers. <laughs> right, right. Very much, uh, uh, while the Hunters Hunted does touch on all these little organizations, or, or large organizations in some cases, it's really kind of written from the perspective of just the hunter as a theme, as an idea. This is enough information. There's enough, enough information in this book. There's enough uh, parlance, as they call it, that you're really almost running, you're able to run a completely separate game. You, you, you as a storyteller have the ability to get as detailed as you want, both from an antagonistic perspective, you're running sure. a vampire game, you want to add these guys as antagonists, but also you have enough to run an entire game based on it because it's going to give you, you know, it, like anything else, you have liberty for creative freedom, but it's going to give you so much information about the Inquisition that you can, you should be able to detail it from the top to bottom. You should be able to, you know, after a couple of read-throughs, really detail all the intricacies and the minutia of the Inquisition. So, and they're going to give you, you know, that parlance, they're going to give you that, uh, the lexicon, as it were, right at the beginning here, because a lot of this is essentially foreign uh, concepts to most people. You know, unless you're deeply religious, these are probably not a lot, there's not a lot of terms here you're going to understand or use on a regular basis. So it's good, it's good to read through that and memorize that. Um, or at least, you know, maybe make yourself a cheat sheet. So we'll get into chapter one, and chapter one is called The Way of the Martyr, and it talks about the history of the Inquisition. And it goes all the way back, all the way back. So and we said, we mentioned what the Inquisition was originally, what they were formed for. Quite frankly, they were formed for heretics. Right. At this time in the 13th century, the church is big, right? But like any big organization, you have fragments. You have people who don't necessarily agree with the straight and narrow way that it's formed and it's going to be ran not according to the holy mother church that, that is not how that's going to go so if you're going to decide that you're not going to go with the camp and be a part of the program well we need to make sure that your program's at least following in the words of god as it were and any group can form and pray and worship as they want as long as god is the theme and he's the way to go and our and our book we're using is the bible right well not according to this group we're using right. a different version of the Bible, and this other one interprets it a different way. And the Inquisition are the guys who come around and kick your books in the fire and burn you at the stake and say, it was this way all along, ha -ha, right, right? and yeah. move on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay if you believe in God, but if you don't believe in God the way that we all agree you should believe in God, you're a heretic. And you're going to hell. Right. Or alternatively, if you espouse some pagan demonic religion, uh, you're a heretic, and we're going to burn you at the stake. And... That's, uh, you know, they, they go very deep into uh, the, the origins of the Christian religion. They go deep into uh, how that evolves through history um, and then, you know, how this society comes to form. And um, it, is a, it is a deeply detailed chapter. Um, so with a couple important orders, because you got to understand, as I told Nate, you can't just go through this and go, it's the Inquisition. Here's some clubs. Right. You're going to fall on your face because right. those clubs, if you ran an Inquisition game and you can, right. it should be, hi, I'm Bob from the Order of St. Michael. I'm here to hunt down demonic possessions, demons, and the infernal. And sure, I'll take on the challenge of a vampire if I find it. But ultimately, you don't call me if there isn't pea soup and floating furniture. <laughs> That's the deal. Right. right. I'm here to handle real problems. Right. And what was cool about the Order of St. Michael is this is your first idea of a crusader. These were the guys. But these are the guys who were over flagellants. They whipped themselves to understand the pain that Jesus went through 
they believe that God talked to them and blessed their blades and they didn't need a priest. Some of them were priests who took up the sword to defend the you know, Holy Mother Church. And then afterward, we're like, well, we now still defend the church because we're hardcore. Right. By the way, strangely, demons repel when a true order of St. Michael's around. And we decided to know how to do possessions and how to get or exorcism, excuse me, and how to do them exclusively. I can't fathom that. Right. The right. modern day priest abhors violence. The very fact that this is a I kick ass for the Lord. No, it's is, a, it's very much that way. And and reading through these, you you definitely get the impression. Not you don't get the impression. They outright tell you like these guys, as history has progressed, they have uh, they they have found a way to get past the fact that they have to do violent acts. They've reconciled with that fact that. Um, you should suffer not a witch to live. You know, they, there's two sides of the coin. There's the one side that, you know, espouses the the peace and love of Christ, you know, the forgiveness of God. And then there's the other half that says, well, we have a duty also according to the Bible, right. To be rid of these monsters. But let's look at how slick the world of darkness is at this point. Still, mm -hmm. we know there was more than vampires bumping and, and causing problems. So, in this in its heyday, Order of Michael was like thumbs up, fully supported. Like towns got behind these guys. Like if you're a fan of like Warhammer 40k and you think of the Inquisitor, right? I'm mixing terms. Let me not do that. But just just think of a badass. Like our town's assaulted by. If Dracula had to deal with this order, he was fucked. Because <laughs> they they walk in the towns like the man's come to town. Right. What's going on? I think my daughter is sick. And if that bitch was pretending, she ain't sick no more. Right. They're going to come in and handle it, and that's that. Well, time is a motherfucker. Because what happens is, and it tells you right, literally, it's, what, three paragraphs for this order and its founding and how it cooled off? Yeah. What happens is they go, well, wah, wah. after a while, we just don't need you for the common cold anymore. Sorry. Right. Uh, my, my daughter acts up all the time, and you know what? Her little brother decided to do the same thing, so we just smacked him around a bit. Turns out he does want to go out and pick vegetables in the right. garden versus getting beat with a stick well yeah because at this point not only not only do the denizens of the night as it were uh fear the inquisition you start to see that the the common peasant fears the inquisition because the wrong thing s said the wrong way i gotta address something here too though because you gotta remember order saint michael's not inquisition yet right no 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 I, the, I, yeah i'm they're sorry the, i'm rushing along a little well, bit because but... they're all looking at it as it's the church right so, and that's what we're doing. We got to break down this mindset that if it's Inquisition, it's church. Well, yes, church is there, but the church is a big deal. Right. So you have like the, uh, the fourth Lutheran council that it talks about, uh, before that, that's the church you all are thinking of. Right. That's running around and saying, God wills it. Take over all the land. Right. Because God said so. And there's money over there and they have money. They all have money. We want it all. By the way, bring your crusade. The Order right. of St. Michael, where the Crusader just said, we got in the business to end God's problems that are really here. Right. And then the World of Darkness went, okay, cool. We'll just calm down. Well, then that council said, stop funding them. Right. They, we don't need them anymore because there's less out there than we thought. A lot more bullshit than there is. And, you know, basically we hit it better. We as in me and Nate being the World of Darkness and listeners. That's it. But then it rolls forward, right? Because this cat comes along. Name escapes me, uh, Leopold. Excuse me, that's <laughs> right. his name. And society, the, the society, society of Leopold. Society of Leopold yes, and uh, the society of Leopold was basically this guy's the real deal. When you think of auto de fe, it's him, right? Because he's except he's not going around doing it for political reasons. He literally and truly believes that there are witches exist, and I've seen testaments, and I believe in the faith. And he goes in the testament of Leopold, which I think is awesome where he talks about the fact that there was this witch that was bound to a wall in cuffs and sits in this chamber. And he goes around to make his rounds. And when he goes into this prison, the woman who seemed a woman, when he just glanced through with all her womanly attributes, as he walks in, it's a night and day change. She's, she's hissing at his very presence. She's wants to chomp at his face. She's resisting her restraints. She breaks those restraints as he gets closer. And she was shouting every profanity in a book at him. And when she goes to get him, he's like, I'm going to die. He knew he was going to die. But instinct, something in him told him, if I'm going to die, he has his cross out in front of him, I'm going to die believing in God, doing my thing. And of course, the beast backed away. And when that happened, 
enter the order of St. Michael guys, mm-hmm. chop the fuck out of this broad and call it a day. And it wasn't done chopping it. Like you said, it took its time. And it wasn't until the light of God hit the being that it ended it. Right. And that was that. That was his testament. A testament that was witnessed by knights who couldn't be, you couldn't broach lying, didn't come to them. They were prone to extrapolation. And it launched this idea. And it's Leopold who went, we need you guys and us to defend the church. Right. That's what has to happen. In other words, whatever chick that was really screwed the pooch for being trapped in a cell. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> she shouldn't have been there. Yeah, so they, they go on for a long period of time here. And um, again, I don't want to spend like hours discussing this because the history is deep. Order of St. Jones in there. You just need to know that it's there. It's right. an order of nuns. They're important later on down the road. Right. Um, they talk about uh, the release of the Malus Malficarum, um, the witch's hammer. Um, the text, uh, uh, the methodology of hunting witches. Long and short. It's also how to deal inquis- inquisitorial procedure. Right. How do you determine it's a witch, a demon, devil, or vampire? Right. And and we learned that there there's this change that happens, where the the hunt for heresy is no longer as important as the hunt for actual demons and witches and witches and Be- and, and you know by that logic vampires, werewolves, etc. Because they finally go hand in hand, right? Right. There's a, clearly there's heresy. Here's the bad part. Well, I won't even say bad part. Their belief in it has to be, and think about it, they find an infection. What are the odds nobody else has touched? We go into a city. We found vampires and werewolves. Oh, we're to believe that you peasants are free? Well, we better make sure we're here long and hard and we find any evidence of it and take care of you too. That's right. how they, they, they're feared universally for that very fact. And um, one thing that uh, I do want to touch on momentarily is that in the 1600s, in 1658 to be exact, they talk about the Florentine heresy. They talk about um, this this hunter, this society member um, that essentially, you know, he he comes he comes in with this idea that well, these are all God's creatures. Like we should actually be saving them. Like we shouldn't be hunting them down and killing them. Like they're all they all deserve to be saved in the eyes of the Lord. You have a humanity. Right. And uh, so there was much, much ado. There was much debate. And at the end of the day, the conclusion was met that no, 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 that's not. Deus vote. No. God was it. <laughs> right. No. So um, yeah, you're, you're a heretic. And so much like all heretics, the man was burned at the stake. Universally fast tracked and thrown on. Not what only did he, was. Right. What did he say to them, Nate? Uh, he, he really didn't have much to say in his defense. Well, no. When he was about to go to the the burn pile. Um, what did he say? Fuck. I read that four hours ago. I believe you tell he me. said, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm pretty close to it though. He said, if I am to burn and go to hell for what I have done is because I belong to your society. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, and anyone who, what is it? Anyone who agrees with you, pay attention to my robes as they're in yes, flames. Yes. Here, here, here's what he said. Sorry about that. If I am destined for hell, it is for having participated in your society, which is a slap in the face of our Lord. Let my garment remind you you what awaits all who follow in your footsteps. And uh, so the next day, um, they were uh, the four remaining members of, of his group were interrogated and uh, two were, were sent off, I believe. And the other two, of course, were burned as well. Um, they had to. Like you do. They had to burn. But the, the point of that is it, it created this, there's this tiny little seed that exists in the society that maybe some people still believe this. If they do, they sure as shit do it in secret. Well, they grow into another organization past this book too. There's another book called the Arcanum. Mm-hmm. That's where they go. So they, they really do form their own organization based on that. And we're forgetting one thing too. It's another Easter egg that's in this book. They talk about the Albigensians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catharis, which is important to note. Right. For those of you who know, there's the path of Cathari that's re- it's in the Sabbat. That's one of their profounding beliefs. It's a heresy. It right. was a big one. That And honestly, the Inquisition was their first opponents. And it was huge because it said that Satan created everything physical in the world, including the earth and the rocks and the streams, everything. And that God created but the spirit. So that it was not a sin to sin. You're here physically to do just that because it's a Satan intended. Do whatever you will. And that's, that's, that's its point. But when you die, you will obey God's law because that's where you're at. And by doing so, you are obeying God's law. 
that's why they had to be wiped out because they were forgiving tyrants incest rape murder mm-hmm. theft all those for whatever reason said we're good we know the ten commandments all of that is no and hence that's the idea but right. important that philosophy is kept right but this is the one place that i can tell you off the top of my head where they breach the gap between what mortal faith is and what it turns into later on in terms of a way of life for some sabbat right and uh then they go on to talk about there is a point um after that heresy where the church and the inquisition they they split off they become two separate organizations the inquisition the society of leopold is still supported by the church to some degree but it is a very it has become a very secretive organization even to the higher echelons of the catholic church and sometimes the pope knows about them sometimes the pope doesn't right now man eh, it's up for grabs nobody knows if the pope knows or doesn't know right but uh at the end of the day the the society of leopold is believed to be uh, a cloister for your scholars and your you know the, the the priests that that are interested in the studies of of occult happenings but you know it's not a, it's not like a weird paramilitary organization that it is <laughs> so uh then we move on to the modern period and we come to understand you know in the 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 seven plus centuries since its founding um the inquisition still maintains a like a base of operations um in italy um near the vatican not too far from it and it should be important to point out because there's a lot of history we're, we're like centuries we're yeah, diving right, right past and you got to understand the church goes from being in power but the inquisition ends up damning itself really hurting the church's reputation as much as it helped it in conjunction with the reputation being hurt because of the crusades and shock that hurt it yes it did yeah basically under the guise of god they went to conquer nations that weren't theirs for the sole purpose of saying convert or die mm-hmm. and and bring more money right that was the point they were stealing things and it was it got to be a to-do right they had to call out kings united right. to be like fuck you and this is what happens and then pope tried to excommunicate people a lot of politics get right. involved but the important thing is those politics those actions demonize and fragment the church right but we still need the church. So there's some some old men got in the room and decided how it's going to be and how it's not going to be, and they hid the Inquisition within the church because the church basically got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. So we have to hide the bad boys of the right. church who really aren't the bad guys. And, and what they establish here is that at the end of the day, the Inquisition has a goal. They have a goal in mind, and that is to hunt down and rid the world of evil. They request, they, they request, they demand your loyalty to right. the Inquisition. They do not demand your loyalty to a church because at the end of the day, having loyalty to the Inquisition, the Inquisition's goal is to rid the world of evil. It is not necessarily to convert, right? To convert people or to, uh, you know, it, the, the politics of the church is not so much their concern. You definitely will find inquisitors that come from the church and you will find mostly catholics of the of the or inquisitors of the catholic catholic faith but it's by no means restricted to that typically in almost all situations it is a, a christian faith but they're willing to work within that as long as you believe in god as long as you have faith in god and as long as your goal is this come on in right and uh that is because they they lost numbers. Right. <laughs> they go down to next to nothing. Right. And uh, But it is true that those who are with the Catholic Church have the most protection. That's the point. We'll go, to, we'll go to the hilt for those of the faith. We're not for, like, we won't get into specifics. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but I'm losing it. But whoever decided not to get baptized and be Catholic, you're on your own. You can help and come with us. But right. sorry, the clubhouse is Catholic only. Well, and they, and they talk about how there are people that are, are what they call lay people. There are people that don't come from the church, may not even have a religious, especially religious belief, but they, they're good enough to hunt. They'll never gain any rank within the society, but they're they're good enough they're good enough to pick up the sword and big enough good enough to pick up the the stake and go do some hunting. I also found it interesting that they again <laughs> reference Sullivan Dane, who must be the baddest motor scooter 
to ever have walked the earth hunting. Um, because it's just it's just random. Like we could we could throw in what Sullivan Dane's point was. <laughs> it's rumored that Sullivan Dane drank from the Holy Grail. <laughs> right, I know. I, I I get that. It's also rumored he melted it down and he wears it as a vest. Right, as he fights the supernatural <laughs> and it stopped him from aging, and he pisses fire. <laughs> I mean, all manner of rumors. <laughs> he surrounds squats that guy. and farts hot bullets. Um, but then they go into the hierarchy. Um, so we're you know we're still like firmly entrenched in chapter one. But they talk about the hierarchy. They talk about the process, the modern process of the Society of Leopold. And they talk about messing up, right? Inevitably, when you are hunting monsters, you're you're going to get confused. You're going to get crossed wires. Your information is going to be incorrect. So we told you about the good old days when Inquisitor Bob could kick in a grass door and say, you peasant... You didn't bake my meal correctly, and it tasted full on of no garlic. It was the blandest bowl of soup I've had, mm-hmm. yet there's garlic bulbs all around. Clearly, you're a vampire who avoids garlic. Mm-hmm. So you're going to eat all this raw garlic, and if you cry one bit, i got to burn your whole family, because <laughs> that's me doing my job, and I'll write it up, and that's that. And then the the console de la terry i can't even pronounce the soldier Mm -hmm. i'm the merc i hired is gonna go yep i witnessed it's what happened we're gonna write down and that's that that don't fly in 2017 jack no and we and we know it's not gonna fly right and the church is like hey we've suffered black fucking eyes from that time to now so let's do that scenario a little different hey bob you're going into what you believe to be a low-income housing project and what's that you heard noises next door someone says some weird talk they're a little nervous. They come from a church in the area, and they right. ask you to come to just check it out. What's that, Bob? No one knows you're an inquisitor because during the day you're a priest, and this is pretty normal. Right. They're going and handle a domestic dispute, but you go in and you first smell sulfur. All right. Mark that on your mental checklist. Right. What's the next one? Oh, wait. That's hard water that they got to deal with. Okay. Low income. Maybe not a demon. You open the door. Daughter's battling the dad. Looks like she's throwing dad around pretty well. However... Daughter's an athlete. She's right. cheerleading. She's a track star. She does all that. Dad's a little older. He's had a hard day at work. And he doesn't want to hurt his daughter. All right, maybe not infernal. Maybe I got to see this. The point I'm getting at is we got to make fucking sure right. before it's like I get on the phone, I call Nate and tell him you bring the chains. Right. The, the major thing of importance to note is that the Inquisition, they do not, they don't run into shit willy-nilly. This is, I would say, 75% of their job is investigation it is collecting evidence collecting data you're you're basically you're going to be playing the christian equivalent to you know pi your life is chinatown until you figure out what's going on and the cool thing is is you get to play that cool role in the film when they'll never really capture you right let's say you're sniffing around and, and a vampire ghoul captures you and he change you to a chair you get to be that guy to go when you see the vampire oh you're fucked <laughs> you're so fucked this guy was better off beating my ass and stabbing me and putting me in er than he was to put me in his chair jack why do you say that i'm count vlad tepish well i got news for you vlad turns out we roll catholic deep right. that's right i die i don't check in and i'm past half hour due the boys are coming they know right where i'm at and they're not gonna stop that's the right. horror of it is that's the cool part very cautious, follow the steps, right. you make damn certain, but full backing. Oh, absolutely. But what they what they establish here is that we're trying to save the very soul of the world. Christ is going to return, and unfortunately, sometimes innocents get caught in the crossfire. And we should never be cavalier about it. We should make our penance, but it's going to happen. Also, you're probably, you're living your existence on the outside of the law and you have to, you, you know, you, 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 you're an inquisitor and you get pulled over for speeding because the, one of the examples they give is you're on an auto de fe. You're chasing after the demon. You're chasing after the vampire. You're doing 90 down the freeway. Well, you've attracted the attention of the police. You're going to get pulled over. Oh, look at that. You were speeding. You may have resisted arrest. I don't know. But definitely you've got a shotgun and a bunch of other crazy shit in your trunk. Well, it looks like you're going to do a little time. That's fair. Prison, prison life is okay. <laughs> it allows you to reflect. Three hots of the cat. Right. It allows you to, to spend time in study of God. 
Don't forget your training. Don't forget your training. Right. Prison push-ups and all the brawls in the shower you can handle to avoid your <laughs> sweet, protective right. self. Right. So they try to avoid endangering innocents. They try. They really, really try. And then they they iron out here for you the map of, uh, like they would with, with any of their other books, you know, the Orient, the, the Europe, the United Kingdom. The map of faith. Right. They, they, they iron out all of those locations just like they would in, you know, any other... And any other source book, you know, you're you're gonna find all that information here. Oh, and don't forget the notorious and most famous picture in this book. It's been used all over the place. This and right here. That's right, of the young woman blowing the cross of Christ. Just yeah. FYI, I don't know what that means. Frozen in time. It, I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed it, to mean. It means she likes Christ. Maybe it's made out of chocolate. <laughs> that is an awful <laughs> long chocolate. Pe- hey, you know what? I didn't make it, and I didn't write it. But uh, then they they iron out the basically home base for the inquisition uh the monastery of san uh of san michelle i believe it's pronounced and uh i'll we'll let you read that uh but it's a it's essentially a pretty badass place and uh there is rumor that they may even have a complete copy of the book of nod and so to help out why they monitor and show you places all over the map of faith as they call it because an inquisition is not based out of the vatican city no not and to at play all off from other they definitely have a large contingent there, but all over the place, all over right. the world, they have influence of where those guys are. Right. And I need to put this in your head. There are inquisitors so important that they can't go to jail. Like if you have an inquisitor, and we'll get to that in a second, that is gifted, blessed enough to have gifts, they don't go to jail. That's a waste in the war. We can't have them go to jail. Those most likely than not are going to be your players. Right. And the one thing that the, that they establish here too when Bob talks about they can't go to jail, like any other organization, especially a secretive one, they have connections and contacts all over the place. How do they have that? Well, they're church people. The church, believe it or not, or... I don't know what the fuck that ringtone is, but it needs to stop. <laughs> so, but anyways, the, the the church is a secret society, and that secret society uh has secrets. connections secrets and connections and, and influence all over the place so put in your head that okay so we all know the government's good right but the government has a faith nine times nine actually 90 percent of the government is incredibly faithful uh that's just historically that's what it's what happens, even if they right? pay lip service to it even if they pay lip service so they know some people roll deep favors upon favors is what right. we're talking about and that's all rolled up and that's what Nate's getting at right so the scenario guy gets pulled over guy was chasing the demon going 90 and he's like doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit because he has true faith. Let's just say he does. Because that that you guys were thinking, well, don't they have true faith? It's the common power, right? So we'll just say he does. That guy is noted in the organization. Right. He doesn't see... He may go to jail that night. He's under right. orders not right. to resist. But he may make a phone call. You don't harm innocents. Right. And when that phone call is made, some guy on the other end understands a priest locally is going to come to pick him up, but they're confiscating all his weapons. He will obey the law. He loses all that. The church will have to do whatever it is they have to do to make up for that. But the point is, he gets out, they talk to him. And either what he did was so horrible, we can't put him in the field anymore, but we're going to respect what God has placed him here to do. The rest of his time is going to be someone else drives. Right. You leave under supervision. Basically, what it comes down to is the Society of Leopold is not above using influence and money and connections just like the vampires would be, to further their agenda, to get what they need done. Why don't, why don't other supernaturals control the Inquisition? That's a really good question. And the answer is they don't want to die. <laughs> if we, if we right. haven't stressed this enough, when you read this book, the one thing you learn is they are very fucking thorough. Yeah. And if you have any sign, and sometimes you didn't even give a sign. Right. Someone doesn't like you and thinks you should meet them at noon to read a book as a test. If you're not there at noon, that's suspicion, and that's all good Inquisitor needs. And before you know it, auto de fe. Now, you say control. Are they beyond being manipulated? Oh, not at all. No. They could they could very well be manipulated. Have. And, right. In fact, they talk in here about how maybe a, a, an especially skilled vampire might be able to put the limelight put, or put the spotlight on one of his rivals, directing their actions through his own manipulation. We had several clan books confirmed the Torter did that. Oh yeah. Heart blanche. Oh yeah, absolutely. So 
they're definitely they don't they 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 don't need to be created or controlled by someone to be filled with fervor and zeal. That's a natural human uh, behavior. Uh, they're they we don't need the influence of vampires to create that. Although, yeah, manipulation being what it is. Um, and we move on to our next chapter. And it details some of the enemies and some of the tools that they use to to fight these enemies and their beliefs. Now, the Inquisition, they are interested fundamentally in the weaknesses of their enemies. The organization of them is not as much of a concern. I don't care about your society. Right. I don't care about how you assemble, but I do care about how I can hurt you and how I can kill you. Those are what's important. And um, they talk about the Society of Leopold, the Inquisition, having one of the most thorough understandings of the physiology of the supernatural outside of like the Arcanum. And it doesn't mean that they're, they, they, they've got it all. doesn't mean they know everything. Far from it. But they know enough. But they learn by trial and error. Right. They have 700 years of, of essentially written history. And, and tens of thousands of innocents died to right. prove their point. And, and, you know, Bob, I know a question is going to be, well, if they're doing it for 700 years and they've been tracking down vampires and they've been killing them, why don't they have more detailed information about, like, how the Camarilla works or how the Sabbat works? I can answer that. They don't give a shit. Right. They don't care what little organization in hell right. that you have and where you came from. They care that innocents have died to slake your thirst. And and in the past, the Inquisition had a very specific ideology about how to deal with vampires. Take what's valuable, burn the rest. What does that mean? That means take the money, take the goods, and burn the fucking place down. There are books there. I don't care. Burn because them. remember the Testament of Leopold. He almost died. Coming in too close with them. Mm -hmm. There's another testament similar to his. Spoiler alert: He did die. Right. There's a. There's <laughs> because of that. Right. There's another one. It's a testament, not not for him, but they talk about another inquisitor, same priest scenario, who ended up that he couldn't be affected, but the men around him were, and they they went through men as this creature tried to come for him, and eventually it it savaged him. He wounded it, and but he wounded it in faith, like it had the strength to attack him once. And then fled into the night, cackling that it was it was right, too powerful right. for God. Let me tell you the faith of that, or what happened to that. First off, okay, we took it on the nose. But those men who were manipulated were consulted. So I can't even say their name. Were the hired soldiers who helped priests. What they weren't were the gladiest day. Right now, I will tell you they are my favorite part of this entire book, and they're coming up. So I'm not cheating. They're they're pretty much the next <laughs> talking point. It's been a division. And the point of the gladiest day is the church figures out that we need to create men of such supreme faith that they're willing to die in the name of God without question. Right. That we're going to, we're going to just crank out these missiles, these faith missile soldier men. And that's it. Different from order of St. Michael, right? Those guys believed that the archangel Michael fought Satan. So therefore they had to fight the demons that right. were out there because the archangel wills it. Does in the name. Right. Difference is that they are called to that faith by the archangel. Right. That's now they're over there now. Right. The gladiest day are the guys that someone like the bat phone picks it up and goes, We have a problem with them, Chicago boys. It's like, what do you mean? Someone didn't report in, someone got their ass kicked. Right. Now back to that scenario where the priests they were defeated, the guy manipulated his way and aha, we defeated the church. They went back and told some priests, like, you know, this is what happened. And they had volunteers. I can't describe the coolness of being able to call a region and priests were like, well, I'm 60. My broadsword's <laughs> right there. I remember the good old days. And to take what's on the blade and to put on some armor and have at it. They hunted his ass down and smoked him. That vampire didn't make it. Right. They knew him and that was that. And by the way, the guy wounded, it went with them. Didn't. <laughs> right. That's faith but, is what we're talking about. Like, and they, they talk about in this chapter here. Um, more of that stereotype while they have a decent enough understanding of vampires, they lack the basic understanding that vampires are they're They're as unique as people They're They come in varying shapes and sizes with varying abilities. They say they give an example. We, we encounter a vampire that's strong, that's much stronger than normal. They all must be strong. 
we encounter one that can utilize magics and, you know, uh, use the thaumaturgy. Well, they all must have that ability to do that. The one thing that they do understand is that now the older they are, the stronger they are. The younger they are, the weaker they tend to be, but they don't understand that there is a diversity among vampires. And the same thing with werewolves. Um, they, yep, silver definitely hurts them, but good luck killing them. <laughs> they go in, they go in uh, detail about their opinions on mages, the infernal wraiths. So the, the gladius day, because I will never give them up, mm-hmm. uh, meaning the sword of God, in case you're wondering, uh, why I like them so much that these guys are the modern day knighthood, but they operate like any movie that, what, what's that movie that had uh, Christian Bale in it with the gun kata? Oh, um, uh, Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Watch the movie. That's the gladiest day, but take out the plot. All right. Take out Get the, rid of it. Take out the gun foo. And add but... it. Keep the gun foo. The gun foo <laughs> will serve you well. Because look at the pictures of these guys. Oh, absolutely. That's the gladiest. They're cold, dead-eyed. God no longer gives a shit about what's between us and the enemy. Right. Because in their mind, we're fighting on the front lines. And we're just getting to the dance. Well, That's it. And, and, and going into the divisions of the Society of Leopold, uh, into the divisions of the Inquisition, like this is, it's like the, it's like more, there's more divisions in here than there are in like the Tremere clan. Like there's so many little sub orders that, you know, the Gladius Day, the Order of St. Joan, Office of the Censor, like then, then they have sects. For that, sure. Like it's. There's a lot of detail here. I really think whoever they hired on to help out, because it wasn't that guy who wrote the Dirty Secrets of the Black Can, I can tell you that much. Sure, I highly doubt it was. So I'm just pointing it out. Um, that's that's where this book sings, because right. it points out the fact that an organization has many hats right. and many people to fit that organization. And what bigger org than the church, right? Right. They've, oh, been, yeah, they've been in the dance forever. And what's cool about this, and I'm going to point this out, do you know the least hunted successfully out of the entire group of Supernaturals is? Mummies? Nope. <laughs> no. Share, please. The Infernal. Well, uh, it's the yeah, fucking, of course. <laughs> they were, but you would think. Right. Right? Right. But they're not. And the whole reason being hasn't because they don't exist. It's because when they find one, you want to stop an organization cold? I'll take a city of Sabat. We'll take Montreal. And let's say the Inquisition figures it out. And they're like, son of a, in the name of God, we got to deal with these vampires. And they get here. And they call the Gladius Day, and they're all there. And they find out one demon's here. That's it. We no longer care about the vampires. Right. They're here because we're here to do one thing. God threw you in a cell, fuckhead. And you're out? Nah, not on my watch. And they find their calling. More people. I mean, it's, it's amazing to read about how they think of it, that in their core, in their being, almost like without ever being trained, it's, there's a hierarchy. It's lupines because they're obvious and look what they do. However, nine times out of ten, that ends to be a shit show anyway. Right. It's werewolves. Vampires, yes, it's a must, but you know, we got a system. We can handle ghosts. Right. We can handle, we can put people, but you know what we can't tolerate universal across the board? Fucking Linda Blair spewing soup again. Right. It's on, <laughs> right? What's worse? You're a vampire practicing infernalism. You're just giving them a combo. Right. And 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 th- that's that's a key thing to note is that with these different divisions within the group with with these different sects within the group they have a different outlook on things some of them believe vampires are and i quote i don't quote actually but vampires are the dead that have been possessed by demonic spirits right to bring them back to life ghosts man this house is haunted and that ghost he's not so bad he's just here he's just tied to this world no that's a demonic spirit right did Put Thing, things that things that are evil that act with the the uh, illusion of uh, kindness those that's just the devil's work. Then there are those who are more refined and they go, no, vampires are just fucking vampires. And then there's some werewolves are, are just fucking werewolves. And then there's some that are biblically evil. They know, right? You know, like someone talks about sulfur smell. All right, amateur. Sure, that's what it is. You tell someone that a plague of locusts are on that house night and day. I, I yeah. that's some biblical shit. I would say the one organization, they're the one supernatural group that has the least concern about the Inquisition, and and they establish it a couple of times in this book are the Changelings. There's like what 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 <laughs> and and likewise the Changelings don't give a shit about the Inquisition, and likewise the Inquisition is like, is that a thing? Yeah, they're kids. What? I, what? What's a changeling? 
Oh, yes. I, I heard uh, hundreds of years ago rumors of fey folk. I don't know what any of that means. They sound like a lot of fun. They uh, eat sweet yeah, cakes right. and they uh, play with kids in the woods and they, the kids go home happy. I don't see the problem. So then we get into chapter three, which is character creation. And this this picture right here is like the the apocalyptic fantasy of every every nerd that's ever wanted to play the the term that we quote the the trench coat ninja well <laughs> this is like the good version this is like the the church version of it it's a, it's an awesome picture don't get me wrong i'm not uh, i'm not being critical of it for the record a trench coat ninja has to be a vampire with celerity and potence and fortitude only oh, that okay. is a trench coat ninja fair fair they need super speed and they need to be blade that's where it comes from. Trenchcoat Ninja is Blade. Definitely. I mean, this guy doesn't look like Blade, but I mean, he's got a sword and he's got a gun and he definitely has a grim, grim expression on his face. At so. the very least, he's a highly religious Frank Castle. That's what he is. Fair enough. He's Fair enough. Punisher. So we move into character creation and character creation is pretty much the same as it was in The Hunter's Hunted. This is just kind of like it, it extrapolates a little bit more, gives you a little bit more detail. Um so, I mean, if you know how to make a character from there, you know how to make a character from here. Now, important distinction. Numina is the work of the devil, right? It's it's sorcery. Theurgy is not. Mostly. Pretty much. Theurgy is accepted. Now, theurgy is essentially Numina, but it's just practiced differently. But those that practice that old school Numina you're courting the devil. You should probably be burned at the stake. Theurgy, though, for the most part, you're okay. The Inquisitor General, the head honcho, practices some theurgy. You gen generally speaking, though, you just don't want to flaunt it. You know, you don't want to just throw it in people's faces that you that you do that because while it's it is a gift, that's eh, still looked at with a sort of. Uh, um, you know, it's it's looked down upon to some degree. What it boils down to, make sure that a priest okays what you have and calls it theurgy. Right. Absolutely. That, now, that's it. Cool thing in here. Um, they talk about some new secondary abilities. Um, I've always been a fan of secondary abilities. I think they add a little bit more detail and they're a lot of fun. But they talk about these abilities always have the bent of the Inquisition and their learnings. So, for instance, you have your your supernatural lore. This is a great place to get that. Your kindred lore, your guru lore, your you know your wraith lore, but it's always going to have that bent of what the Inquisition uh, espouses. Going on from that, we have some background, some slight changes, and and some additional ones, and then a pretty decent selection of merits and flaws. Most of which I think work fairly well, even in a modern uh, modern setting. I think this whole book works fine in modern. You just yeah. add, add the yeah. tech, add the tech bump, and you're right. good. Right, right, exactly. They talk about the theurgy. They give you some details on that. Then and they the talk. Theurgy's good. Like I, I want to stress that one point. Yeah, we kind of poke fun at the fact that what's Numenon theurgy? Well, all theurgy is is Numena that the church approves of. It's also some occult ability too right. that they dive into there, but that they approve of. Is right. What what were the qualifications? Probably some guy who was deemed a saint had some background and who knows where it came from and wrote it down in a way digestible by the church and hey he's a saint's got to be good right and so therefore you have it and and those are the powers and who knows but the point is don't lose the church bent faith casting of them because right. the point is, is to be different and they do play different a lot of it if you even chose to use it they're watered down in some cases better than mm -hmm. some powers that are similar, but they're meant to be. Right. It's differences. That's that's how it right. seems out. Because these are these are human beings. And at the end of the day, we have to remember a group of these guys, highly trained, skilled, they definitely can be a risky venture for a vampire, especially a lone vampire. For certain for certain. But at the end of the day, they're soft and chewy like we are. They're human beings. Even with their advanced tools, you get a, a an elder couple uh sabat pack uh eh, it's gonna be a rough go it's gonna be a rough go i won't even say because you won't see these guys at night at least you're not supposed to <laughs> no you shouldn't not in the i mean that's in the handbook you never encounter your vampire crowd that's who we're you know we're going over with you're not going to encounter them at night they know it there's a guy in the cover that shows you why you don't encounter him at night it's going to be a bad night for that dude <laughs> right. you may look at that and go oh man he's surrounded on all sides elbow to elbow by what looks like at least 50 vampires just like like holy shit he's got a torch and a cross do you know how long that's going to go 
It's not all night, Jack. Someone's nope. gonna figure out we can throw rocks. I mean, that's that's <laughs> right. what it comes down to. And bye bye, dude. But it's supposed to instill in you, oh man. This basically this book is about being the small dog. What really what really messes with me about this picture on the front cover, too, is that most of these vampires, they just seem curious. And he <laughs> and he seems like he's in for the long haul. Like he's moving that torch around. You can see the smoke and the trail from it. He looks like it. a hobo that woke right. up he's in like, the wrong alley. I'm, I'm screwed. Everything's fucked. But I've got my faith. Which oh baby, I've got my faith. Point. Right. And now, uh, speaking of which, yes, <laughs> they go you. they go into great detail about true faith. Uh, they give you like eight pages about faith, how it works, how you accumulate it, how uh, how you grow it, how you lose it, and how it impacts supernaturals how it impacts other human beings. Now, I want to state this. I'm never a fan of true faith in a game, ever. Ever, 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 ever. And it's because I never find a person who can play holy. I've never found it. There are people who are too tied to what they believe is good and right. not to the neutral aspect of what good is. Right. You know, if it's if it's okay for a human being to steal something because they need it to survive, it's okay then for a vampire to feed on a human as long as they don't harm them. And that's that's actually... They they talk about that. Like, is it is it bad? But is it for survival? And unfortunately, I got to say this. And well, I don't have to say it the way my head just had it, but I will say this <laughs> much: that you know, the idea of being a paladin is what folks think of when you play an inquisitor with true faith. That I now det- it's gray or it's black and white. Excuse me, everything is, and that's that's what it is. I'm like, nah, you don't got true faith. Right, you have gray. You no. see the world in gray. Yeah. That's true faith, and and they talk too. Like the vast majority of this sect, this this hunter organization, they don't have true faith. It's hard to maintain that. Incredibly hard. It, it statistically for the rules, you need a nine or a ten to even have it. A nine or a ten in humanity. That is really really hard to role play. That's super super difficult because you as a person. You don't have that. <laughs> it, it is highly, highly unlikely that if we were to take a subsection of our listeners and we were to quantify their moral bearing to an arbitrary number system that matched humanity as written down by White Wolf, it is highly unlikely any of them would be at a nine or a ten. Right. Just by the very virtue of the fact you're listening to this and you listen to us uncouth bastards talk, you probably aren't there. So it's it's hard. It's very difficult. So it's very challenging. To put it in perspective, they do have in print. I'm almost positive it's a later book that talks about roads. And I think it might even be in Road of Heaven, where they just go at length to explain the levels of humanity and the different types of humanity and the different ways of following the Road of, of Heaven. Because it's all Road of Heaven is basically humanity all over the place. And the roads refer to dark ages. And they get to that. But it's one of the one of the books that talk about past eventually just has a little subsection. Where it basically goes, look, Jack, you want true faith? Let me put it in perspective for you. Jesus Christ has an eight in humanity. <laughs> Jesus Christ has an eight in humanity, <laughs> right? And why I say this is because whenever I talk to people and they're like, "Yeah, man, I got true faith. Them, uh, I got seven, Manny." And yeah. uh, I mean, even I, even the rules are like, no. Nah. And I and I believe it, you know. In my seven humanity, you know, I uh, encounter all sorts of things. You know, I do my thing. No, uh, it's, no it is no. it is super challenging. As far as allowing players to do that, me personally, if I'm running a game, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, we'll see. But I, but I'm not. You know, there's you talk about kid gloves from like other perspectives. Like this one is zero kid gloves. Like you got to be a mean mm, mm, servant of God. I just avoid the crying game. Yeah, in general, that's, and and and, and that's cool. I you know, and to me also, it can add a great thing to your game from an antagonistic perspective. But Remember, these things should be used sparingly, very, very sparingly. So then we, we speaking of, of storyteller aids, we go on to the next chapter. And the picture that um, bookends this chapter is like one of my all-time favorite pictures from White Wolf ever. The like stake in the Nosferatu it's, arm? Yeah, it's this Nosferatu like basically holding this hunter, probably the one we saw in the earlier picture, over the edge of this building with a stake through his arm. Like, you son of a bitch. It ain't all good, folks. It ain't all wins. And we should outline this. Where the hunters hunted said, most likely in the hunt, you're going to die. Right. At some point, you're going to die. And it may not be the monster you're hunting now, but eventually right. this ends bad for you. In the Inquisition, 
don't think about that. Just think about how you're going to be at the pearly gates upon your death. Right. Why? Because you serve us and we right. guarantee your you, entrance into heaven. Absolutely. You serve heaven. You are a warrior in God's army. What's the difference there, Nate? What do you mean? Well, I'm just thinking, is it better to be with the church or with the hunters hunted? I mean, just to be solo. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think solo hunting is the craziest thing ever. If you're going to if you're going to play I I mean honestly I don't even know how that really breaks down into a game, but it, as a storyteller, if I throw a solo hunter in there, that that guy's got a death wish big time. Cuz comic books are great, I love them. But the Punisher don't live. Right. The Punisher don't live unless he's written to live. That's unless he's Sullivan Dane, he don't live. <laughs> And I argue he is. For Marvel, I argue he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we, we move into using, uh, creating chronicles, using this book, and also, again, using them as antagonists. I'll sum it up for you. At least my version. And then naturally, you can talk to you because, you know, you're here too. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that when you're going to use them in a chronicle, you slow play this stuff. Oh, yeah. This is, should be a thing where it's like, in your head, because I always have it in my head, there's like levels of warming, Right. The Chronicle starts neutral. Players start out, and by the way, Chronicle for this book, I'm referring to using this book as antagonist for a vampire game first. I want to make sure we're just keeping track of breaches of the masquerade at this point. And it doesn't matter if they're covered up. These guys are looking for wild stories that may have hit the media for a little bit and taken down. Might be a sign. Because right. the, the demons are tricky. You know, they've been fooling mortals forever. That's the mentality. Absolutely. And you warm it up and you wait until your group decides that it's the romp of fucking room or they do nothing about the wild excesses of the vampire NPCs around because they think they're all so cool. And then before you know it, there's a priest convention in town. You know, it's <laughs> like they're Gen Con. They're here to do here, here to handle it. It's uh, it's priest con. And they're all here <laughs> to have, you know, their flask of water all made by Gary Gygax and whatever else they got going on and uh good luck with that he's dead but who knows and and the idea is behind it is that slowly the hunters come trickling in but they're not coming in the inquisition's not coming in kicking in doors no. not yet remember we gotta be 75 percent certain and that may sound i know you're laughing your ass off there phil is somewhere 75 percent. it's the truth though we gotta make sure that we eliminate every bit we can to allow a guy to go green right to go after something we want to know as much as we can possibly know and then go right because we got to do damage control on top of everything else. Because super important. We're we're the zealots, right? This is a religious order of zealots, but they're also not suicidal at all. They it, think of any good, eh, for the most part. The gladiest day is on uh, sort of God. But I mean, but but also we have to establish why the gladiest day is so feared is because they've never they've never initiated an auto de fe or and, called and failed. Right. Which means more so than any other group, they are ruthlessly efficient. They are not there to charge headlong and kill themselves. Right. They're probably doing way more legwork than everybody else to make sure that whatever it is they initiate the auto de fe on, they can hunt down and kill. They're like the James Bond of hunters, basically. Right. Or, 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 they, or, or alternatively, they pick and choose what they want to fight based on what they know they can kill. Well... They do. And the book tells you flat out, you know what they fight? The threats that are there. Right. I want. I can't put this any better. You think that somebody might be seducing some people in nightclubs? Don't call the Gladius Day. <laughs> you don't. The fucking Sabbat are waging war in Detroit hurling cars? You call the Gladius Day now. You call them right now and you get them set. Why? Because come 7 a.m. when the sun's up, it's a party time. Right. And that's that. And those cats are going to work. It's time to break out the flamethrower. And that's why they're cool. I mean, honestly, it lets you know that there is a hammer to drop. And why I say how you use them is because your players shouldn't be aware. Like, you listen to this podcast, your players and you're aware. Be aware me and Nate do use all the tools, right? We don't, we don't miss nothing. And some of you may have already had a taste of that. But the point is, the mortal world is the threat. I don't care what you may be thinking of how much of a badass you are in a supernatural world, you're a fragment of a percentage, Jack. We rule the rule the world, period, day and night, and that's the mortals. And because of that, the Inquisition is one group that is out there looking for you every time you're going to act up. We went over the people in experience. <laughs> right. These are the people who go, I heard Marinol is a haunted estate. You want to go see some ghost guys? Yeah, let me bring my devices. I don't want to be, you know, whatever for ghosts. I mean, we just got to get them on camera and be cool. Cool, I'm going to bring a gun. 
What are you talking about? We don't fucking know what's in there. It's making it haunted. And those are hunters, hunted hunters. I just want to hammer that home. They all start there. One of them, probably the guy with the gun, is going to end up hunting for real when they encounter real shit. The Inquisition, we're beyond that now. Right. We're over here now. We're a strong we organization. We have 700 years of understanding that it's out there and have encountered it. We got a system right. and we're going to use it. So they go on to talk about running games in different eras with the Inquisition. Then they give you something really cool, both as a storyteller. Well, mainly is for your, your storyteller, but they give you a selection of stereotypes. They give you these basic concepts that exist within the Inquisition. And it's like your own little flip book. So that way you as a storyteller, you can go, hey, you know what? I need real quick. I need an Inquisitor counselor. All right. I got this. I have a basic understanding. All right. Let's roll with it. To me, it's really cool. It's a really great aid. Hell yeah. Then they talk to you about torture implements. <laughs> awesome. Read that at your leisure. Um, <laughs> and they talk about holy ground. They talk Just about... Just point out a fact, the torture device, the pair, look it up, that works no matter what supernatural you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They go deeper into like the relics, the relics that the Inquisition can have. It's a bunch of little cool storyteller tools. They're super cool. Tools, right. Um, then we get like we would get in a clan book. We get a cross section of different sample characters, uh, but we also get this really kick ass <laughs> picture here. Such cool pictures in this book. Like, just it, like this doesn't even look like it's from a vampire game. This literally looks like it's from from like Warhammer Forty K. <laughs> yeah, it literally it's... does. It's <laughs> it's it's really cool. But uh, you can go through there, read through those uh, those different personalities. Um, there's a couple of them and then they talk about the who's who it's very much like a clan book but this is like a clan book times two very detailed um and then you, know, you can read all those different personalities and then the creation of your how do you pronounce that senaculum the senaculum yep um so so basically what's a senaculum coterie right it's gonna be who's in your game who's a part of the group with you who can you call and who you can rely on that's your Senecolum. That's what they're there for. Right. So, or, so or the Sine Culum, whatever. The Senecolum is. is like, uh, it's, it's your home. It's your home base. It's, and this is how to build it, what is required for it. And how, you know, it's, it's so a lot of cool information, character sheet at the end. And that's that. So my final thoughts on the Inquisition book. At first, it's a little hard to read. The first 30 pages are history. And it gets there. There were a couple of points while I was reading through it again, where I was just like, oh, my God, this is so boring. But we both strangely was like every 15 pages had to take right, a breather. Right. Like it genuinely had to take a break. Like I was only able to read through the remaining portions of this book today because I had nothing else to do. And I was like, well, I better read this book. I'm sitting in a car like waiting for somebody. So I was able to finish this book. But is it? worth it to you for adding to your game that's for you to decide i would i think it's absolutely a worthwhile addition i don't think you'd be listening without our advice anyway in just our two cents yes yeah yeah we own two <laughs> we do As it we turns have, out we nate have. owned one and i own one. right we have two paper copies one for each of us which was very convenient for our podcast today um but definitely i would say if you're going to pick up one of the older books that's still relevant to the game today um, to add some really solid flavor and maybe make some interesting changes to your game or include some interesting antagonists, this is definitely the way to go. You cannot, because it's not going to sell right. You do not, well, I say you cannot do what do you. Don't let me right, be like right. that. But in my opinion, the flavor of them is lost when you let a player play a member of the Inquisition, just them. Right. Unless you, the storyteller, can play the other members of his group, Right. 24 7 right there and still technically you're only two people yeah gets old yeah i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna run a game that's focused out of this book you know don't don't spare uh you know don't give everybody a little bit of taste give, give them the flavor let them make their characters but this this book it would work great individually just out of this game there are some pratfalls that you can end up you know messing up with they detail those. They even give you details on like what stuff to avoid. Like don't make it an episodic television show. Don't make it the X-Files because that really you lose the 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 true oomph of what the Inquisition is. But to me, definitely a worthwhile book. 
if you can get through the first 30 pages, the rest of it, you know, definitely picks up and has a lot of interesting stuff in it. So I would definitely say pick it up. And uh, Bob does too. So I do. I do say that. I think we'll wrap wrap it up there. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing our podcast and supporting us for those that do. Um, anyways, we 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 love all of you. We're we appreciate the support. Um, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. What, what else can I say? Yeah. Just uh, just just know, I'm I'm probably gonna cut some parts right there. <laughs> but thank you uh anyways next week is he told me i could i didn't tell i i i what 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 decision can i make i'm just saying <laughs> what permission can i give you you're an adult human being i'm a grown-ass man in fact uh, i think next week is uh giovanni chronicles one yeah yes it is actually yeah so that should be an interesting read and um, by the way it's going to be long too because whenever you go over something like that it's not you can't go over yeah. it shorter you miss the, the br- thank you for listening it's been a great show it's been a pleasure we'll That's talk nice. to you next week Bless your hearts.